Thank you, Danton. We appreciate so much your presence tonight. We had a great morning, and we are very thankful for the opportunity to be together tonight. I want to express appreciation to each of you that invited your friends and your family members. It was great to see so many people here this morning, and it was only made possible by your efforts. And so for that, I want to thank you. I also want to thank those of you that prepared the food. There was an abundance of food, and I, I don't know if anybody left hungry. I hope not. But there was a lot of good food, and it took a lot of time and preparation, and so for that, we're very grateful. And we had a number of guests that stayed, and we had the opportunity to visit with them and to enjoy a period of fellowship, and so we're very, very thankful for that. I do want to mention just very quickly that next month we also have a special, a special Sunday set, of, set aside. I think it's the last Sunday of the month, the AM service. The young men of the congregation are going to, they're actually going to lead the entire service. They're going to be leading our singing. They will be doing the preaching, waiting on the Lord's table, and also praying. And so I know that you'll want to be a part of that service. I know that you'll want to reach out, encourage your friends and neighbors. We would love to fill the building and encourage them. Tonight I want to call your attention to the passage that was read a moment ago, Psalm 102 at verse 7. In our study tonight, I want us to think for a minute or two about the theme battling loneliness. If I were to ask a show of hands, how many of those of us who are here tonight have experienced loneliness? I suspect that a large majority of us would say that at some point in time in life, we have felt all alone. Hard to believe that we live in a world of some seven billion people. And you think about the vast numbers of people that live, not just globally speaking, but in America. And then more specifically, in this state. And to refine our study, in this city. And yet, in a world with so many people, the interesting thing is, there are a lot of people that experience loneliness. Many feel all alone. And I understand that when we talk about loneliness, that there are vast numbers of people in the world that feel all alone. But there are a lot of people in the church that feel alone. I have some statistics that I want to read for you tonight. I have never preached a sermon on the subject of loneliness. I have mentioned loneliness before, but I've never spent an entire lesson talking about loneliness. It seems to me that in light of what the Bible has to say about the subject, 
And in view of the vast numbers of people in our world today that feel alone, that it is a subject worthy of consideration. I want to begin tonight by talking about the problem of loneliness. It might very well be the case that I'm speaking to you because you feel alone. As we think about the problem of loneliness, I begin by citing some examples of people who the Bible speaks of. And in a very candid way, the Bible talks about their loneliness. Elijah, the great prophet of God. If you were to go back and look at some of the Old Testament prophets, Elijah, no doubt, would have been one of the premier prophets. In chapter 18 of 1 Kings, Elijah had a showdown on Mount Carmel. Many of the prophets of Baal were put to death. As a result of that encounter, the Bible tells us that word got back to the wife of Ahab, Jezebel. And she openly declared that she would have Elijah the prophet put to death. And so in chapter 19, Elijah, in what we would call a downtime in life, spoke openly to the Lord. He said, Lord, speaking of the children of Israel, they have forsaken your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They have killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left. Elijah felt all alone. The passage that was read a moment ago, Psalm 102 at verse 7. The psalmist said, I lie awake and am like, and am like a sparrow alone on the housetop. And then I think about Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah, of course, is called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah began prophesying on the eve of Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah's heart was crushed because of the attitude, the impenitent state of God's covenant people. And so in Jeremiah chapter 15 at verse 17, Jeremiah said on one occasion, I sat alone. All alone. In the New Testament, I think about Jesus. You recall in Matthew chapter 26 when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He took with him three friends. And yet, as he poured out his heart to God, in one sense of the word, he was all alone. While he prayed... They slept, which makes me draw the conclusion that we may be among people and around people, but still feel alone. And then there is Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul, of course, is writing his last inspired letter to Timothy, his own son in the faith. In writing to Timothy, he said, At my first defense, no man stood with me. All men forsook me. 
He said, I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Paul imprisoned in Rome and all alone. Let me just evaluate loneliness for a moment or two with you. As we evaluate this topic, I want to begin by calling attention again to Psalm 102 at verse 7, where again the psalmist said, I lie awake and am like a sparrow, alone on the housetop. That word alone, according to Thayer, means to withdraw, to be separate, to be isolated. Studies have shown that loneliness among people today is increasing. The American Association of Retired Persons ran a study, and they found that of people ages 45 and up, 35% are chronically lonely. That's compared with 20% 10 years ago. And surprisingly, it's people in their 40s and 50s who are suffering the most. 43% of adults ages 45 to 49 are lonely. 41% are those 50 to 59. 32% of 60 to 69 and 25% of those 70 and older. Our number of friends has been on the decline. In 2004, a quarter of the population had no one they could confide in or turn to in a crisis. That's a startling revelation, isn't it? To think that there are many, many people all across this country that feel as if they have no one to confide in. No one that they could deem as a close friend. And let me just say this. I remember when I was just a young fella growing up, and I grew up in a middle-class neighborhood. And it seemed like during that era, those of us that lived on our block, we knew everyone. And we were constantly in and out of people's homes, running up and down the neighborhood. It's not like that anymore. There are folks in this city that don't even know the people that live next door to them. Very seldom interact with their neighbors. And then there was an article that was published in the New York Times just recently. The title of the article, All the Lonely People. And here's what the writer had to say. In an essay for the New Republic about the consequences of loneliness for public health, the report was that one in three Americans over 45 identifies as chronically lonely, up from just one in five a decade ago. With baby boomers reaching retirement age at a rate of 10,000 a day, the number of lonely Americans will surely spike. So there's a trend. 
And then another thing that caught my attention in just looking at some statistical data. The problem of loneliness is not confined to this country, but rather it is a problem being felt around the world. One writer in a BBC magazine had this to say, it can be hard to admit the feelings of loneliness, but one in 10 Britons is lonely. It's not just an issue for the elderly. Loneliness is rising among the young. So let me ask this question. What is it that engenders or serves as a catalyst for loneliness? Not just here in America, but in Britain as well, in other places, no doubt. Why is it such a widespread problem? Let me just cite for you a statement that was made by a lady by the name of Michelle Mitchell. She is the Charity Director General of Age UK. And she says that loneliness, or rather people feel lonely for different reasons, but it tends to be triggered by a big life event. And then listen to what she says. It can be poor health, illness, money, children moving away, feeling cut off from family and friends in the community, friends dying, a lack of access to transport, redundancy of career problems, or divorce. Often it's when people lose a sense of purpose and contribution. I cited only one writer as we think about what is the catalyst behind loneliness because I felt like her explanation was generic in the sense that it covered a wide range of reasons as to why people are lonely in the world today. So loneliness is a problem. But here's the question. Is there a prescription for loneliness? Is it possible for us to overcome loneliness as we know it? I want to just cite for you four very basic and fundamental ways that I believe we, that is, those of us that belong to the body of Christ, how we can overcome loneliness. And really the idea is that we want to either connect or reconnect. Some folks at one time were connected and for whatever reason became disconnected. And so to those I would say you need to reconnect. Some may have never felt a connection. So there is the sense in which you need to connect. I want to begin by talking about how it's possible for us to get connected through prayer to God. The things that I'm going to be talking about are not earth-shattering, not anything new, but just basic fundamental biblical characteristics that can help all of us who struggle with loneliness. When I thought about prayer, 
and how prayer can help us connect. One of the things is we can get connected by praying to Almighty God. Now you might ask the question, well, how's that possible? Well, prayer affords us a number of great privileges. One of which is to be very specific about the struggles that we encounter in life. Now, I understand the Lord knows where we are in life. He understands what we're facing in life. We've talked before about the sparrow. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 that a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without our heavenly Father knowing about it. And so Jesus would say, you are of more value than many sparrows. So God knows our circumstances, our plight here in life. The beauty of prayer is that we can go to a heavenly father who genuinely cares about us. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care on him for he cares for you. That's first and foremost. Understanding that God genuinely cares about you and me as well. Secondly, to understand that God not only cares, but he is interested in my well-being. If you don't believe that God is interested in your well-being, I would encourage you to go back and reread the scriptures over and over again. Time and again, the Bible talks about what God thinks of us as human beings. He thought enough of us to send his son to die for our sins. The greatest expression of love and care for the human family. When we approach the throne of God, that privilege is open to us 24-7. We're not limited in terms of our access to the throne of God. We don't have to make an appointment. We can go before the throne of God and we can lay at his altar or at his feet every burden, every sorrow, every heartache, every feeling that we have, one of which may be loneliness. And we can talk to God about how we like that sparrow alone on the housetop, feel isolated and disconnected. I want you to understand that God, God cares. And when you go to him in prayer, he responds. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 at verse 12, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. You have the ears of Almighty God. And God will hear you day and night, seven days a week. The Bible talks about the privilege and the power of prayer. I mentioned a moment ago Jesus and his experience in the Garden of Gethsemane. Have you ever noticed how much time Jesus spent in prayer to God? For example, in Mark chapter 1, the Bible tells us that he, that he arose early one morning, went out to a solitary place, and there prayed to God the Father. The Bible also says that in Luke chapter 6, before he selected the apostles, he spent the night in prayer to God, pouring out his heart unto God the Father. In John 17, as he approached the cross, he prayed to the Father. Over and over again, 
Jesus bowed in prayer to God the Father. The Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews chapter 5, who in the days of his flesh offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. And the writer said he was heard in that he feared. Note that expression, and he was heard. God heard the prayers of his only begotten son. And as his children, he hears our prayers. So we can go before the throne of God and we can acknowledge our loneliness. There's a great passage in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. I've used it on numerous occasions, but I love the passage. The writer said, Therefore let us draw boldly under the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you feel lonely and empty, when feelings of despair overwhelm your life, you can turn to God. And the assurance is that God will respond accordingly. So pray. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything, I would underscore that word everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So pray. Do you remember Jesus in the garden back in Luke 22, verse 44? Luke said, speaking of Christ, as he bowed in the garden of Gethsemane, that being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Now couple that passage with what he said in Luke 18, 1 that men ought always to pray and not faint or not grow discouraged. If you're alone or if you feel lonely in life, don't give up. Don't become despondent. Pray. Do as Jesus did. There's a second thing I want to call attention to, and that is I believe that we can get, we can get connected with the people of God. First of all, we talk about getting connected with prayer to God, but then getting connected with the people of God. Peter talks about how we are people of like precious faith in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. I know that as Christians, as members of the body of Christ, we are not perfect. I would be the first to admit that. Every person that walks planet Earth that belongs to the body of Christ is an imperfect being. So I understand that. But I am genuinely and honestly convinced that as a whole, when you talk about members of the church, you're talking about some of the best and some of the finest people on planet Earth. And so those of us that belong to the body of Christ, we can get connected to other people and we can do that as members of the body of Christ. In Acts 2 verse 42 the Bible says that the early church continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship. Read chapter 2 sometime and note the time that they spent with one another. 
They spent time together worshiping God and they spent time together fellowshipping, enjoying one another's company. So if you're a child of God and you feel isolated or alone, there's some things that, that you can do, that we can do, that will hopefully help with the feelings of loneliness. Think for just a minute about the opportunity that we have to come to worship. That opportunity is afforded us twice on Sunday. And then in the middle of the week, we have the privilege of coming together for Bible study. We also have Bible study on Sunday morning. Those are opportunities for us to be in the presence of others who think like we do, act like we do, and believe like we do. We're around one another. And we can talk to one another. We can encourage one another. We can pray for one another. And that inspires and encourages in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, the writer talks about how some were forsaking the assembly in the first century. And the exhortation was to not forsake the assembly. And one of the byproducts of worshiping God is that we are built up through edification. In other words, our presence encourages and inspires to know that when we come together, whether it be Sunday or Wednesday or some other day of the week, that we're around people and that we can connect with those people. And think about this. Think about people in the world. There are a lot of folks in the world that we interact with on a daily basis, and there are some people in the world that we're friends with, we work with them, we go to school with them, etc. But when we are with our church family, we're with people that, that we love, that we care about. We're with, we're with the kind of people that we want to be around. They bring out the best in us. They help, they help us. Somebody said on one occasion that no man is an island unto himself. It's a true statement. And so, being with God's people, that helps in overcoming loneliness. Let me just share with you a personal experience and it's not something that I really do very often but I want to just, I want to do this because I think it helps to make the point. Many years ago when I made the decision that I was going to try my best to live right. I had to sever some ties, and some of those ties were severed because I chose not to participate in some things that, to be frank, were wrong. So some of my old buddies that I used to run with, I couldn't run with them anymore because, again, to be very honest with you, they would... They would influence me to do things and to be places that would have been wrong. And so, here I am, 
21 years old. And all my buddies are running in the world. And I've made the decision I'm going to be a faithful Christian. Guess what? When you haven't been faithful to the Lord and you haven't been running with God's people, you find out very quick you're all alone. Well, one of my best friends had a younger brother. And their daddy was an elder. They lived two doors up from me. And the younger brother was, I don't know, three or four years younger than me. But that fellow stuck by me like glue. I mean, he stuck to my side. He will never know how much he helped me get through a tough period to where I could stand on my own and not go back to the world. I integrated back into the church among other young people that were trying to live right. But I'm here to tell you, it's not easy. Especially when you're, when you're used to running with a lot of people. And then before you know it, you don't have anybody. It's not that they don't like you anymore. It's just we're headed in different directions. And so the church and being with people in the church, fellowships, I can't tell you how much it meant to me. There is no way, words are inadequate for me to express to you what it meant to me. So, being around other people, God's people, can help you. There's a third thing, and that is get connected with productivity in the kingdom. You know, the beauty of being a child of God is it really doesn't matter if you're young or old. God can use you. Sometimes I think as we grow older in life, we feel as if we're not needed. Some sadly feel as if they've been discarded. I tend to think that older, more mature people have a lot to offer. They have a lot of wisdom to share. Many of those people have time on their hands. I had a friend of mine who's deceased now. He was a great influence in my life. And he had been very successful in the business world. At one time, he had been the number one life agent for MetLife in the nation. This guy made bucket loads of money. After he retired, he devoted his time to the work of the kingdom. And he would tell people, when you retire, get busy in the kingdom of God. You see, if you're not busy, and if you're not trying to get involved in the work of the church, it's very easy to become lonely. It's very easy to become despondent and feel as if you're not needed any longer. 
God can use you wherever you are and whomever you are, whether you're young or old. And we talk about loneliness. Here's something to think about. Loneliness is not confined to a geographical location. It's not confined to a particular race of people. Neither is it confined to any type of educational background when it comes to people. Loneliness is a widespread problem affecting millions of people. And so get busy. Read Matthew chapter 25. There are lots of folks that sit home day in and day out, never interacting with anybody. And they're members of the church. And sometimes, sometimes they get very discouraged. One way to overcome that discouragement, fix a meal for somebody. Make a cake. Go visit somebody that you know is sick or shut in. Do something for someone else. And I promise you, before long, you'll feel connected or reconnected again. You know, Paul said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I mentioned a moment ago, the buddy of mine that stuck by me like glue. When you do for others, and you lose yourself in service for Christ, you can overcome loneliness. And then fourthly and finally, I would suggest to get connected by remembering the presence of God. You remember when God told Joshua in the long ago, Moses, Moses, my servant is dead? Had to be sobering words. I mean, here is Moses, this great leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel. And God instructed Joshua to lead his people into the promised land, the land of Canaan. God said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Boy, that's a great statement. God was saying to Joshua in the long ago, Look, I was with Moses. And just as I was with him, I will be with you. Now go back and you begin reading the book of Exodus and you think about the call of Moses and Moses and Aaron became instrumental in God's people being led out of Egyptian bondage. Here is Moses standing before Pharaoh. Here is Moses leading the children of Israel out of bondage and through the Red Sea, on and on. Where was God? God was with Moses every step of the way. And God said, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And then he made this profound statement. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Words of assurance. And here's the point. If you're a child of God, you're never really alone, are you? You always have the abiding presence of God in your life. Passage that we quote often, Hebrews chapter 13 at verse 5. A quotation from Joshua chapter 1. I will never leave you 
nor will I forsake you. God's not going anywhere. He's going to be with you. So it may be the case that you feel alone and you feel isolated, but I want to remind you, you're never alone if you're a child of God because you have the eternal abiding presence of God with you, come what may. That's a great thought. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful for the encouragement that we receive as we read and study and meditate upon your truth. And Father, there are times in our lives when we feel periods of isolation and loneliness. And there are times in life when we feel so disconnected and we pray that we might be able to overcome those feelings. We're so thankful for your love and care. We're thankful to know that wherever we are in this life, that you're with us. And Holy Father, we're so thankful to be members of the church and to be a part of a family, to be a part of a family that cares genuinely for one another. Help us to reach out to those in the church who feel disconnected. May we be an encouragement to them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to encourage you tonight, if you're not a Christian, to come to Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, and based on that belief, responding to the gospel of Christ. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. If you're here tonight and you're not a member of the body of Christ, here's what you need to do. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Repent of your sins, Acts 2.38. Confess his name before others, Acts 8, verse 37. Be baptized so that every sin might be washed away, Acts 22, verse 16. God will then add you to the church. And as a member of the church, you have the promise of life eternal if you're faithful until death, Revelation 2.10. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not faithful. Could we encourage you to come home? Maybe you're here tonight and you're discouraged, you're lonely. Maybe you need the prayers of the church here. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you as we stand and sing.